Radio, your weekly radio magazine with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, hello and welcome to All Things Radio. This is, what, 544, and this is July the 30th. And all we, I'm going to say... We beat the All Things Radio no- novel virus. So we, we were did. able to beat that. Yes. <laughs> that we, we all, we're socially distanced, but we also put our masks on this week, and that's how we got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm wearing mine. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. It's about Bernie, and it's got a red X on the, on the middle of it, right, oh, or something man. like that. <laughs> Well, somebody said the other day, it's great that you, you get to go to a bank with a mask on now. Yeah, really? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get this show on the road. Go ahead, Bill. Just, just, let's go. Well, all I can say is we got a lot to talk about today, don't we, Jeff? We've got We certainly do. First of all, we'll start things off with the important radio news. Then we'll have to continue things with Jennifer Sparks' caller and format changes. Oh, by the way, in my radio news, you'll find the feature, and I'd like to talk to Bertie about this after the news on Regis Philbert, because Bertie and I have been talking about this on Facebook. After Jennifer Sparks' Caller and format changes. We're going to do a feature on the late Johnny Randolph. And if you don't know who Johnny Randolph is, well, you just don't know anything because Johnny Randolph was a big radio star working in Louisville, Kentucky on Top 40 radio station W, uh, what's the station? WAKY in Louisville, Kentucky. Matt, yeah. you got it. And ne- next, of course, on my classic air check, we're going to hear WKNR in Detroit, Michigan from 1964 with Gary Stevens. Finally, we're going to listen to how Eddie Stubbs sounded on radio station WSMAM. And this was a show that they were doing repeats probably because he's retiring and doing some vacation time. And this was him hosting the classic Grand Old Opry with the Gatlin Brothers. So all in all, a very busy radio show. Over to you, Bill. And I will say, if you don't know Johnny Randolph, by the time we get done with this feature, you will have known Johnny Randolph. And you will know about WAKY, and you will know WKLO. So anyway, let's get to it. Jeff's award-winning news. He beat the virus this week, too. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. Mike Francis says goodbye to WFAN for the third time. A new company syndicates Bubba the Love Sponge, and a show can be heard in Detroit, Michigan, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We'll let you know what's happening on the street and conclude our look at the Nielsen June Personal People Meter Ratings. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and we saw the departure of Mike Francesa from WFAN AM and FM, owned and operated by Intercom, for the third time. Mike Francesa had left WFAN in 2017, only to return in 2018. He had been with WFAN since 1987, first doing middays, then being paired with Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, with Mike and the Mad Dog from 1989 until 2008, when Chris Russo left WFAN and moved to Sirius Satellite Radio. Mike Francesa continued doing afternoons at WFAN, 
again. However, he left in 2017, coming back in 2018, but now he has left for the third time, and he says he's not coming back. With sports coming back to the radio, Mike Francesa says he'd like to retire, and he has a lot to think about. He said this whole pandemic thing has made him think about life, and he says it's time to move on. Another news, Bubba the Love Sponge has rigged a deal with Genesis Communications to syndicate his morning show. His morning show will be airing on two new affiliates in Detroit, Michigan. Bubba the Love Sponge can be heard on radio station WCSX AM serving Detroit, Michigan, and in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You can hear him on radio station WWCS AM serving Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania from Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Both radio stations are owned and operated by Beerich Broadcasting. Now let's move our microphones to Las Vegas, Nevada, where Lotus Broadcasting has the exclusive rights to broadcast the Las Vegas Raiders. When the Oakland Raiders moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, the team needed a new home, and that new home is going to be KOMP-FM and radio station KRLV-AM. KRLV-AM is a sports radio station owned and operated by Lotus Broadcasting, and they've renamed themselves Raiders Nation Radio. In Seattle, Washington, changes are being heard at radio station KBKS-FM. The station transmits on a frequency of 106.1. They call themselves KISS 106.1. God is the morning team of Carla and Anthony. And if you live in Seattle, Washington, you might remember the morning team of Brooke and Jubal. But when they split up, Jubal was looking for work. Well, Jubal Fresh has found work. He'll be doing mornings on KBKS-FM, and he'll be partnered with his wife, Allison. iHeartMedia is adding more affiliate to its Black Information Network. The Black Information Network can be heard at 103.7 via a translator from the HD2 signal of KATZ-FM. And in Dayton, Ohio, the Black Information can now be heard on 1340 WIZE, licensed to Springfield, Ohio, serving Dayton, Ohio. If you love classical music and you live in Los Angeles, California, there's another place where you can hear classical music. It's on KKGO-FM HD4. The station is owned and operated by Mount Wilson Broadcasting, and the station calls itself K-Mozart. This is the second time the K-Mozart brand is back on the air in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you're looking for a job and you want to move to Allentown, Pennsylvania, there's a job opening at radio station WODE-FM, owned and operated by Cumulus Media. The station broadcasts a classic rock format. Gone is Bill Sheridan, who handled afternoons for the radio station and was the program director for the radio station as well. He had been with radio station WODE-FM for 21 years. Now it's time to conclude our look at the Nielsen June Personal People Meter Ratings. In Portland, Oregon, the number one rec radio station is KOPB-FM. That's the public broadcaster with a news, talk, and information format. The number two rec radio station is KKCW-FM with an adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Portland, Oregon is KXL-AM with a news, talk, and information format. In Charlotte, North Carolina, the number one rec radio station is WRFX-FM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is WSOC-FM with a country format. And finally, the third rec radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina, also programming a country format, is WKKT-FM. In San Antonio, Texas, the number one rec radio station is KONO-FM with a classic its format. The number two rec radio station is WOAI-FM with a news talk and information format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in San Antonio, Texas, is KCYY-FM with a country format. In Sacramento, California, the number one rec radio station is KFBK-AM with a news talk and information format. The number two rec radio station is KSEG-FM with a classic rock format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Sacramento, California, is KNCI-FM with a country format. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the number one rec radio station is WDVE-FM with a rock format. The number two rec radio station is WWSW-FM with a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is WRRK-FM with an adult hits format. In Salt Lake City, Utah, the number one and two rec radio stations program a classic hits format. Number one is KRSP-FM. The number two rec radio station is KODJ-FM. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Salt Lake City, Utah is KSFI-FM with an 
adult contemporary format. In Las Vegas, Nevada, the number one rec radio station is KKLZ-FM with a classic its format. The number two rec radio station is KSNE-FM with an adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I don't believe I've seen this station ever in the ratings, is KSOS-FM with a contemporary Christian format. In Orlando, Florida, the number one rec radio station is WOCL-FM with a classic its format. The number two rec radio station is WRUM-FM with a Spanish tropical format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Orlando, Florida is WMMO-FM, also with a classic hits format. In Cincinnati, Ohio, things are status quo with the number one, two, and three rec radio stations. The number one rec radio station is WGRR-FM with a classic hits format. The number two rec radio station is WLWAM with a news talk and information format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio is WUBE-FM with a country format. In Cleveland, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WNCX-FM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is WZAK-FM with an adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Cleveland, Ohio is WGAR-FM with a country format. In Kansas City, Missouri, the number one rec radio station is KCFX-FM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is KCMO-FM with a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Kansas City, Missouri is KPRS-FM with an urban format. Finally, in Columbus, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WCOL-FM with a country format. The number two rec radio station is WTVN-AM with a news talk and information format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Columbus, Ohio is WNCI-FM with a hot adult contemporary format. Finally, the world of broadcasting lost two icons. If you live in Louisville, Kentucky, you might remember the old days when Top 40 Radio reigned supreme and the radio station that reigned supreme was WAKY-AM transmitting at a frequency of 790. One of the greatest radio announcers was Johnny Randolph, who passed away this past week at the age of 78. And Bill Sparks will tell us more about Johnny Randolph later on in this show. Next, let's play tribute to a TV icon. His name is Regis Philbin. He passed away this past week at the age of 88. Regis Philbin did everything on television, and he's most remembered for his variety shows that he hosted with Kathy Lee Gifford and Kelly Ripa. Let's take a look back at Regis Philbin's career, courtesy of Inside Edition. Tributes are pouring in today for the legendary Regis Philbin. The, the best is yet to come. Live with Kelly and Ryan devoted almost the entire hour to honoring Regis, who launched the show in 1988. Kelly Ripa yeah, held back tears. And, and, and. As people get older, you, you know, you always know that some certain things are inevitable and um, passing away is one of those things. But Regis is one of the people that we all believed, I think, would somehow figure out a way around the inevitable. It was not in the cards, I suppose. Regis's longtime co-host, Kathy Lee Gifford, revealed she saw Regis just a few weeks ago and knew the end was near. I, I'd sensed some much more fragility than I'd seen in him since the last time in January out in Los Angeles. We just uh, had the best time, and after they left, I just thought to myself, Lord, is that the last time I'm going to see my friend? Aww. His dearest friend had died a week before of Corona, actually. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, ready to go. We're learning more about Regis's final days at his home in Ritzy, Greenwich, Connecticut, a sprawling estate with six bedrooms, which he bought for $7 million in 2008 and sold at a loss just last month for $4 million. Regis was a beloved figure in town. Every Saturday night, he ate dinner with his wife at his favorite restaurant, Valbella, at the same table reserved just for the TV icon. My friend Regis, 
I don't want to make it nervous, but Anthony his first morning show gig was AM Los Angeles alongside Sarah Purcell. I spoke to her today. Describe meeting Regis for the very first time. Regis was like meeting a firestorm. <laughs> Regis is just Regis. There's nobody else like him, really. When you think about it, there's nobody else like him. In 1988 came the launch of one of daytime television's greatest success stories, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. After 12 years, Kathy Lee departed. I'm announcing today that I'm going to be leaving our show. And was replaced by another magical pairing, Kelly Ripa. Say hello to my new co-host, Kelly Ripa. At the ripe age of 67, Regis gave birth to another hit. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Regis really had this incredible ability to connect with the audience where you felt like you were welcoming a friend into your living room. In 2011, Regis announced it was time to call it quits. This will be my last year on this show. His final show was filled with tearful goodbyes and warm embraces. Well, thank you very much for these great years together. God bless you all, and I hope I see you again real soon. Thanks, everybody. Through the years, Inside Edition followed Regis's life and greatest moments, including this memorable sit-down with Deborah. Are you happy? Yeah. Very happy. Happy being here with you, Deborah Norville. Now he is gone, never to be forgotten. What you miss the most about Regis? Everything. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F -F, Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. Qu quite a segment, oh. Jeff. That was... He was very well revered in my family. He, he was he, from he the was Bronx. spontaneous. I think that would be the word. Whatever anybody said, he had something to say about it. You know, there was nothing that was going to stop him. You couldn't say something that he you know, speechless. No, he always had a, a comeback. He loved Notre Dame sports when they were in the NCAA yeah. or in the football. Because, of course, he graduated from there in 1953. He was always take, talking about uh, Notre Dame. And uh, he, he loved the Yankees, too, if I recall. I think he yeah, had he a was. brief time. He also was a, you know, these things, they don't go back before 30 years. You know, that, that's just the way uh, the mindset. Well, do, the, do you remember producers. when he did, a, uh, he did a syndicated show, Chris? Now, I have to go back to the Tonight Show. Steve Allen left the Tonight Show was replaced by Jack Parr. However, right. Steve, Mar Steve Allen didn't just disappear. He did a syndicated show that was aired all over the country and when he ended that syndication, that syndicated show, he was replaced by Regis Philbin. That's right. That syndicated show on. And, and Chanley Levin must have was on Group W, wasn't it? I Didn't think he do so. a show for Group W? I think and so. And he also was Joey Bishop's announcer when Joey Bishop was trying to compete with Johnny Carson. And do you remember when he when Joey Bishop walked off the show because he he he, he found out that he was going to be canceled and Regis Philbin had to fill in and take over the show? Right. Bernie, what was right. your impressions of Regis Philbin? We talked about it a little bit on Facebook. He, he was absolutely amazing. I mean, the, the time I really saw what he could do was in, uh, in the days of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because I was totally hooked on that show. <laughs> but he just, he, he just made everybody feel comfortable. Right. But as, uh, as Chris said, he was never at a loss for words, ever. And he changed, he, he revived the primetime game show concept. Absolutely. Because look at ABC and even NBC now, I mean, 
in the I mean, you got all the celebrity family feud and bringing back some of the old. He re, he revived that, and I mean, because before that, you had Wheel of Fortune, Price is Right, Jeopardy, and Family Feud, and that was it. And they were all daytime, well, either network yeah. or syndicated shows. At that, you know, when at that time when they came well, back, true. and and even even when he. Uh, Came on with live with Regis and Kathy Lee. You had your Phil Donahue type talk shows, which were taped, and then you had your Good Morning America early show, CBS This Morning uh, Today show. You had those. He changed the way yep. talk shows because I mean, live with Regis and Kathy Lee. I just remember he would always wave the audience out there in New York. You you had the window and you'd see the audience. Hey, hello, folks out the, the folks outside on the street and look in on them. And, right. And Ellen, one thing he did hold on, when, hold on when a he. No, when he, when he, uh, when Cal- when Kathy Lee left in 2000, he brought several morning radio hosts on to co-host while he was looking for Kelly Ripa. That's true. Ellen, you had your hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, good afternoon. Um, I remember watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis, and I loved it. I was glued to this show, and you know he did such an awesome job hosting that that show that mm. that when when he um when you know when somebody else took over i was like i wanted to cry but i you know but i will always remember that oh yeah he did the night he did the nighttime and then they had marilyn million that did the daytime syndicated version of it which was only a half yeah. Hour. yeah and that that was good too but Nobody no, could replace what, G- what Regis did with that. And now Jimmy Kimmel's doing it now. All right, hold so on one he, second. We do have uh, uh, a hand raised from Marty. Um, I want to get to him, okay? Hold on a second, guys. Go ahead, Marty. I wanted go ahead, to Marty. comment. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to comment. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, last week, last week's show was the best I'd ever heard in about the 25 shows I've heard. So I just wanted to tell you that. And you've I, only, we've done 500 shows. You've only heard 25, Marty? Oh, man. That's okay. it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, well, I think it was one I, four years ago uh, the top last week even. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it was really good. And part of the reason, um, when I heard Wayne Shane, I know something about him if you'd like to hear it. If I was on top of my game, I would have called last week, but I was in the pool. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Anyway, um, in 1993, a guy named Les Turpin wrote an article on R&R. Maybe some of you know who Les Turpin was. Les Turpin was, uh, Sean... was, uh, worked at WCBS-FM in New York. He was a uh, program director there. I remember Les Turpin. Go ahead. Yep. Well, he wrote, he wrote an article on R&R, and he said, all right, you young guys who are going to get the radio, you need to read this article because radio can be a very brutal business. And I want you to read this article. And, and this article in this article, I got a letter from a guy named Wayne Shane. And he um, wrote me, and this is what he had to say. And basically, he talks about his career. And by the way, we heard him last week. He sounded very good. Yep. Um, and and his uh, he had a pretty long career until the early 90s when he approached, you know, about 50 years old. He was working in Atlanta and got laid off. And lo and behold, you know, he's almost 50. He can't find a job anymore. So... He thought, well, I'll be a cab driver. What the heck, you know? Um, it's not radio, but... And he found out that he could not drive cab because he was insulin-dependent diabetic. And so here, here's this poor guy. He's, uh, you know, can't find a gig in radio anymore. And he doesn't have a job. He's on unemployment, but he's eating at the mission, you know, so he can make the money go a little bit further. And he wrote less, basically, to ask for money 
so he could go home. And I remember the last sentence of the article was, and I'll leave one word out, but you can imagine what it was. He goes, man, I just want to go home so I can F and die. And he did. He went home, and uh, that was it. And, you know, he was good. He was a very talented guy. Um, you know, and it's just funny in this business how one guy ends up, you know, having a good career, um, but it doesn't treat him very well at the end. And Big Al Law on the other side ends up in New York. It's very interesting. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. his health got, 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 got the best of him, Marty, because he ended up passing away in a nursing home. However, he was a very nice person. I did talk to him once for... Uh, for a college interview when I, when I was going to Syracuse University, Marty, so I can tell you that. We do have some hands raised, and I do want to thank you for your call. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Jerry out in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to mute you right now. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay, I have uh, two things. First of all, uh, didn't Regis do a Miss America pageant at one time? I seem to remember him doing one or two of them, maybe. Yes. And uh, secondly, um, I was uh, very interested in what Steve Nomer had to say today about uh, Cousin Brucey's last show on Saturday. Yep, yep, that's right. Yep. We're going to, just just to throw it in, uh, Jeff, we'll have much more about that next week and maybe a little uh, sound uh, from that. Yeah, I might actually it. do it. I, might, I don't have anything from XM Satellite Radio, but I will do an air check of him from WABC. And yeah, I well, that's right. That. And certainly got plenty of those. But, you know, Cousin Brucey, yeah, and again, I'm 80 years old. See, Regis retired at about 80, and, uh, you know, Cousin Brucey is going to be 80 on October 13th. I asked him to say, so he's going to be 80. And he says he's not, actually, he says he's not retiring. He's looking for uh, other avenues. And uh, we had one of our internet uh, radio guys, one of the cool uh, stations, say, hey, he can come work for me. You know, and we were all, <laughs> that's they're right. all saying that. That's right. Mike, you had your that's hand right. raised. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, when Wayne worked in Miami, he was he was a good um, DJ. He worked at uh, INZ back when they were doing the new sound of Solid Gold for a while, and they were kind of a, a Drake format station. But he Bert, sounded good. Bernie, what is it about about the age? Because I mean, there are people who can be in radio, and they they seem to be lasting forever. And yet, some people, when they get to a certain age. They're gone. Well, I think what you have to do if you're going to, and, and Bernie obviously can comment on this because he's seen all kinds of people and gone through that whole market. I would think if you're getting to be 50 years old, we had a guy, and you're going to remember this, Jeff, Jack Spector. What did he do? He wasn't playing rock anymore. He did a sports talk show on WNBC for a while. Yeah, you know? he, did, he reinvented himself. Go ahead, Bernie. That's right. I, uh, I think that it's one of the things that happens is you, you don't keep up. Uh, you get to a certain age, and it's it's really hard when uh, a new program director comes in and says, okay, here's how we're going to do it from now on. And you're like, uh, I'm, I'm the old guy. I can't do it that way. Yeah, right. That. Yeah. But the, the other thing for me, I mean, when I retired, I, I, was, I was not 80 years old. Um, I, I, I somehow have had an advantage in that uh, most people will say that my voice hasn't changed in the last 25 years. And so when you when you hear me on the air, you don't really know how old I am, which which is kind of helpful. Uh, but some people they, they get old and they they sound old. Yeah, and especially if you have something like a secondary condition, like a diabetes or something, it might exactly have affected yeah. his voice. Yeah. And but Mike, but yeah, you want to re okay? Re okay. I could go. I could put uh, the nail on the head. Um, what it is is when you get a when you get a new program director, they don't know anything about the history of radio. If they they haven't been around that long, and they and they unfortunately they want change, and they change all of the DJs around. 
and yeah. the way they sound. Well, when you come in, you have to change something or else. Well, what did we hire you for? We were at 12th yeah. in the radio, yeah, and now we're yeah. 11th, yeah. and you didn't and, change and here's, anything. And here's the other know? thing. And, Bernie, you can attest to this, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm just giving give you an example. Charlie Greer <laughs> left WABC, and he worked in Rockland County. for. Then he came to WHAM in Rochester, and the program director got rid of him, not because he wasn't a good radio announcer, as the years go by, and it and it depends. I mean, some people's voices don't have the problem, but his voice had aged, and it, and it, and he sounded old, and that's why they got rid of him. Can you comment on that a little bit, too, Bernie? Well, I mean, it does happen. I mean, I've heard it in, in a lot of people, but back to the program director thing. Uh, a new program director wants to put his stamp on the station. You know, right. uh, he he has a buddy in Philadelphia that he really liked. And he wants to bring him in to do mornings. And so the morning guy's got to go, you know. And that's unfortunate, but that that's, it's not even so much they don't know the history of the station. They just don't care, really. They, yeah, right. they know what they want to do, you know. Unfortunately, when you work in radio, you are at the you are at the mercy of the new program director or the new regime that comes in, and it's that. But but it, it's not only there in radio; it's in television; it's in it's in all kinds of media. So, radio well, is certainly not immune instance, to it. In coaching, when, in coaching. My dad was a long time coach. It happens big a lot. High school yeah, coach. when our yeah. when our new a bunch of new people came in uh, at Emmis uh, in uh, two thousand nine, I was doing mornings, and I was pretty well convinced that I'd be able to do mornings for as long as I wanted. Uh, except they moved me back to afternoons. <laughs> I had no say, you know. So it's like that's that's the program director. Well, you got to sleep later. Well, let me uh, ask you a question, though, Bernie. When yeah. you knew the fruit of program director was coming in, honestly, did you say to yourself, "Maybe I am I, I going to still be here"? Did you think about that at some point? No, um, I I had been there since the station a week after the WENS came on in '81, and uh, Jess Mullion, the uh, the uh, Emma's uh, CEO. <laughs> told me that uh, I had a job there as long as I wanted it. So they would have to go through him to get rid of me. Uh, I mean, they could make my life difficult, but yeah. they couldn't get rid of me, you know, uh, without going through him. That's you actually, but, but, you know, you were actually very lucky because most people don't have that kind Absolutely. of yeah. So obviously you and Jeff, he, he saw something in you and said, this is how it's going to be. And I own the corporation, obviously, you know, but a lot of radio people, it's not like that for a lot of radio people. So like when Martin well, the talking, other thing is it, he had no qualms about my blindness. He didn't even care. So that's another thing where I got pretty lucky, too. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and, and it's good to see that because we don't you don't see that right. a lot in radio. And I can't tell no. you how many blind people I know who've tried to get into radio and didn't. And I'm not going to go into it, but we've talked about it for a guy I knew in Syracuse, and he came to a very tragic end. So what, what oh, more really? can I say? Bill, I think it's time for Jennifer because uh, people are waiting to hear what she has to say. Her what fan do you think? Club, well, her fan club is here. Jennifer is not here, but through, through the magic of recording, we will hear her tonight. She is yeah. taking a trip, but oh, for all her fans, her. here she good is. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of July 30th. KWPV 104.5, Wynwood, Oklahoma, changes format from silent to variety and adds slogan Chickasaw Community Radio. WBIZ 1400, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, changes format from classic rock 
back to sports and change his slogan from 98.7 The Brew to 98.7 The Fan. WCXI 1160 Fenton, Michigan changes format from oldies to talk and changes slogan from talking rare oldies to freedom 1160. WHGS 1270 Hampton, South Carolina changes format from silent to classic country and adds slogan kicking country. WPCA 800 Wapak, Wisconsin changes format from silent to rock and adds slogan the foundry 100.7. WPRR 1680 Ada, Michigan. Michigan changes format from variety to adult R&B and changes slogan from public reality radio to 102.5 The Ride. WHBU 1240 Anderson, Indiana changes slogan from the new 103.7 and 1240 WHBU to WHBU 103.7 FM and 1240 AM. WXRQ 1460 Mount Pleasant, Tennessee changes format from silent to southern gospel. KRMR FM 105.7 Hayes, Kansas changes calls to KMDG FM. WKMC 1370 Roaring Spring, Pennsylvania changes format from classic hits to classic country and changes slogan from classic hits 96.1 to 96.1 Hank FM WLON 1050 Lincolnton North Carolina changes slogan from the boss to the boss 1050 AM 107.5 FM WOHS 1390 Shelby North Carolina changes slogan from the boss to the boss 101.5 FM 1390 AM WSTP 1490 Salisbury North Carolina changes format from silent to classic hits and adds network provider Westwood One Classic Hits and adds slogan Memories Radio. KYOZ 1330 Spokane, Washington changes format from classic rock to regional Mexican and changes slogan from Oz 95.7 to K Buena 95.7. WMLB 1690 Avondale Estates, Georgia changes format from silent to adult alternative. WMYM 990 Kendall, Florida changes slogan from 990 AM ESPN Deportes to 990 AM Sports Radio. The following stations have signed off the air. KKRE 92.5 Hollis, Oklahoma. KPCQ 1490 Chubbuck, Idaho. KXEG 1280 
Phoenix, Arizona, WMDG 1260, East Point, Georgia, WWES 88.9, Mount Kisco, New York. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week. For All Things Radio, I'm Jennifer Sparks, wishing all of you a good week. And there she goes, and there it is. Wow. Short and sweet. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. We had two weeks where they were really long, and this week it's short. So, so you never know. It's a summer vacation. Marty, you had your hand raised. Let me get you. I was going to. Okay. I was going to say that uh, that station on 1330 in Spokane used to be a long time ago, Moody Bible. And they had an FM, too, which is still Moody Bible, but they must have. Moody must have unloaded that AM a while back because they're now doing their own thing. And that that is the first. Regional Mexican station in Spokane. They never had it before in, in that uh, in that market. The other thing I was going to say, you know, about reinventing yourself. That's why I went and did traffic because um, my wife and I had been running a station for what well, was called Clear Channel back then as a Christian station, and basically it was kind of like, hey, it's your station, do what you want. We don't know what to do with it. And then um, they said, yeah, we're changing it. We're going to simulcast with the AM Talker in Modesto and. Um, how would you like to do traffic? And I'd never done it before. And I thought, well, <laughs> it's either that or the unemployment line. I think I'll do traffic. I'll learn. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, we get it, Marty. Believe me. And that's what I said. You have to reinvent <laughs> yourself, right? That, that's, how you, wow. that's, how you, yeah. that's how you survive in the field. Thank you, Marty. Thank you very much. All right. We have, uh, we have uh, what you would call Joe in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Go ahead, Joe. You're on. Oh, thank you very much. Anyways, it's interesting to me in this day and age, there is a new classical music station in L.A. I can probably check it out on the Internet now. On on, on TuneIn, they do carry some of those digital-only stations, so I can search around and uh, see what I can find. But that was an interesting bit of information. Well, thank okay. you, Joe. Thank you very much. And when it's on an HD4, it doesn't say a whole lot. No, yeah. it, it, but but Salavine, one of the reasons it's classical is that Salavine is is that's one of his favorite uh, types of music. He loves classical and he loves jazz. He's about ninety some odd years old, and he says company still runs these radio stations, and he likes classical music. So the K Mozart is available on the internet. So if you want to listen to it, look for it on the internet. I had never heard of an HD four until this. I, was like, I had wow. neither. <laughs> we've yeah. got some well, you know, we have a couple too, of them around here, I think. Yeah, you don't see too many of them, Bernie. When you're at the bottom of the barrel when you get to an H D four. Well you, doesn't that reduce your, your regular so. over the air power when you do that when you have all these HDs? Doesn't that drag your power down or does it? Well, the HDs never it's it's the power of the H D signals that's the problem, not the not the main signal, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So what happens is as you as you increase, well, the problem is you cause more interference, so you can't do the FMDX <coughs> like like you used to. So the to. one, so so if yeah, you got a four, your one, that. twos, and threes are going to be weaker than they were. Right, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, if you're in Los Angeles and you got an HD four, you're not going to cover Los Angeles. And no way. Is, but how many people can you honestly tell me? Unless maybe they would be in their car. Something. How many people you know listen to HD two, three, and four signals? I don't think that there are many people who listen to it per se. And, and again, the FCC made the mistake, like they did with AM stereo, and they should have mandated digital radio, like they did with digital television. The problem is they have to make the radio units to do it. Walter, you have your hand raised. Let me go. I'm going to ask you to please unmute yourself, and if you do that, we can get to you. 
So, but that's there you go. Go ahead, Walter. Yes, um, the only other HG4 that I know of uh, here in Iowa is in Cedar Rapids, and what that one, or at least last I knew, um, that one broadcasted the uh, 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 station called uh, the Gym, which is at sixteen hundred a.m. That's the only HD4 that I know of here in Iowa. Oh, we yeah. have an HD4. Now I listen. To, I do listen to uh, WHO. They have. Um, they have an HD two, and I do listen to that sometimes because on the AM, if it gets the lightning and you know things like that, the signal is bad. So I do listen to that on the FM. Yeah, an HD two. We have one HD four that I know, probably more, but an HD four here on our one hundred four nine. But basically, they rerun the translator for one hundred five three. The bat. You know, well, that's what. That's what. Sadly, that's what HD is 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 is, is, is being intended for by the owners. They they're finding yeah. that they can put translators on the air and they can run the HD signals to feed those translators. And they don't have to have an AM. And that's right. They don't have to have an AM, an AM to do that. So sadly, uh, well, I'm not going to say it because I, I predicted this back in the 1970s, and it hasn't yeah, come because you, you say it every week, right? So you don't <laughs> have to say it again. Yeah, I'll, I won't say, I, you're right, but, but I will say it. I will Just say play it. the recording. Here we go. go ahead. Recording, yeah. recording on. AM radio will at some point, and I truly do believe it, will disappear or will be replaced by another band. Uh, it, and that will be the first area to go all digital, will be the AM station. Well, stations. the thing about it is that AM is so hard to hear in most places because of, you know, buildings and security systems and computers yeah. and routers and all these things, uh, cable boxes. And, and, and so AM, you it's, know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that AM is getting worse all the time. The programming mm-hmm. is getting worse all the time. You, yeah. oh, you're, you're look not, you're not kidding. Look at your ratings in almost every market. As Jeff goes over, probably in most markets, you maybe have, what, 1 a.m. in the top 10? And some, if you're lucky, in a big market like Chicago, Philly, New York, you yeah, may have Yeah, but you have two. some funny markets. Like San Francisco, a.m. is right there all the time. You know, and then there's yeah. some, there's none. You know, so well, you have, you have one funny markets. Hold other on. Let's other other we're all talking 20. at once here. Hold on. Go ahead, Bernie. Did you want to say something? Was it you? I'm someone. WLW in Cincinnati is, is right. usually one or two all the time. Yeah. And, and, right. and as bad, and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and told me they hate WBZ. Chris, I know that you you've, you've had just your sentiments about them, but they were in the top. They they were in the top five. Sure. Right? Oh, they're they right there. They're always in the top five. And what I'm saying is, you have markets like Washington D.C. where you know, it, it, or, or news and information, or you have KMOX. You have different things that are are, are WLW, like you said, um, in San Francisco. It went sports now, and that's the other thing I was going to say. We're going to start seeing the resurgence next couple of months of the sports stations. We baseball started last week. Hopefully, it can keep going. We we have you know we have issues, but hockey and basketball will finish. They're in the bubbles. They're ready to go. They're they're like sheltering in place, playing their games basically. So they're well, good. Even in DC, you've but, got FMs that are. I mean, there aren't any successful AMs there. TOP is FM. Luis Morales, can you unmute yourself, please? Uh, yeah, I was, I was waiting for everybody else to finish talking. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, just, not, I, I, I'm in the, I was in the wrong Zoom when I'm over here raising my hand like an idiot. But anyway, uh, I did want to tell you that uh, Herman Cain passed away. He, he did, of course, radio. and uh, Correct, yes. Tragically, yeah, true. He did. tragically uh, Ace of Ace and TJ, his daughter died in a rollover car crash early uh, Tuesday morning. She was only 21, and they released a statement. So if you guys want to read that for yourselves, you can go search that. <laughs> and Herman Cain was the father, was the guy that founded the uh, chain Godfather Pizza. But, right. 
So he thank you very much. Yeah, thank and he replaced the aborts on WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. He was, he was 74 years old. And thank you very much. And I'll talk about him on uh, the news as well for people who may not have not, not have heard it. So thank you very much, Lionel. Yeah, he's president even mentioned one, him tonight. One, Go ahead. One thing real quick on the AM. Yeah, you have your one or two that are the top, but then the other 15 or 20 AM are always down at the bottom. That's right. In that market. If they even show up. Right. Yes. If they, yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, WRKO. We have BZ always in the top five. Probably WRKO is about 15 or something. You know? Oh, wow. Right there. And in deference to WBZ, Chris, whether you like them or not, they are the only all-news station in town, at least during the daytime. So That's right. And, but and remember that because NPR splits, because they're both equally popular, you would see if, if you know, we're always hearing about you know the different the one in San Francisco and all that, and the one in Washington doing very well. If if it was if we just had BURs, the all news like we used to, and GBH wasn't splitting it, I think you'd see them right at the top. You're probably but, right. You're probably right. Bill, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you because we've got a nice interview, that a nice thing on the on the uh, Johnny Randall. Speaking of AM radio, this is when AM radio. You're going to hear Johnny Randolph, and you're going to hear an interview, and then I'm going to wrap it up with some highlights of his career. And you're going to hear him on um, WAKY, of course, and WKLO. Not a lot of people remember WKLO at 1080. But so if you're going to have your godfather's pizza or whatever, you can do it during this interview. So, Well, I, I love that godfather's pizza. I know Perry likes to eat. So. <laughs> So, Perry, you can you can eat during this segment because yes, they, Godfather's has a good hot pizza. If anybody likes spicy food, they do have a very good hot pizza, and it's really good. Well, guess what, Perry? You can order it and eat it <laughs> by the time this gets over. So, we're we're going to take you way back for the interview because I really think you need to know a little bit about the radio industry, and you're going to hear it here. Uncensored. So here you go. gentlemen, there is nothing wrong with your radio. You are tuned to AM 1150 and 106.9 FM WMST. I played that because that would be the perfect way to bring on our next guest. Joining us via phone, Johnny Randolph, who spent 10 years at that legendary station, WAKY in Louisville from 1967 to 1977, becoming program director in 1970. Good morning, Mr. Randolph. Johnny, how you doing? Good morning, I'm Johnny. Hi, Chris. Very good. I'm glad you could take the time to speak with us this morning. Oh, I'd love to. I'm a radio guy like you. I'm always, always ready to do that. It, it gets in your blood, and once it gets in your blood, it, it, you cannot get a transfusion to get it out, can you? That is <laughs> a good point. Once a radio guy, always a radio guy. Yep. So tell us uh, how you got started into radio and what career moves led you to Wacky. I was a newspaper boy in a little tiny town in Ohio, and the program director for a radio station down the road, Middletown, which is between Dayton and Cincinnati, uh, and I just became intrigued, and I just basically just talked him into letting me come to work 
for them and did and I stayed there through high school and college and then went to Louisville. So how old were you when you first got your first radio gig? I was a teenager. I'd say maybe 13, 14. My parents had to drive me to work. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting because uh, you remember when you had to have a uh, restricted radio telephone operator's permit just to even uh, turn the transmitter on and off. Absolutely. Well, I had that. It's expired. uh, You know, it means nothing anymore, but I still have mine. I do, too. I had that at age 15 before I had my driver's license at 16. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like me. And mom and dad had to uh, take turns driving me back and forth to work over at Grace, and I started my career at WGOH in Grayson, Kentucky, a little 5,000-watt yeah. AM station, and uh, we had a FM sister station. But anyhow, my dad was a radio guy, but his dad talked him out of radio, and he'd become a school teacher, but he was always interested in it. And uh, what he would do is he'd follow uh, me over to work a lot of times just to be around it and to, to catch it, and uh, he enjoyed it an awful lot, too, something we could uh, you know, learn and explore story. together. Good story. I, I bet he would much rather been in radio than teaching a bunch of bratty kids. <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> well, uh, he uh, started teaching in 1972, about the same time uh, you were uh, hitting it big time at Wacky. So let's back up here. And uh, you said you went to Louisville from Ohio. And right. uh, you didn't start at Wacky, did you? No, it was the WKLO, which was the competition. And I was there for... Uh, a year and a half, and ceremoniously got fired. Everybody in the radio has to get fired once, I suppose. At least that's how I rationalize it. And uh, so I got fired from WKLO and went over to Wacky and stayed there for 10 years. And I'm still there. I mean, it's it's on FM now, and I've been there second time around eight years. So I guess I'm trying to relive my youth. So what happened at WKLO? A lot of times somebody uh, says they got fired for saying something uh, on the air or doing something that uh, didn't please a general manager or something. So if you could tell us what happened. I can tell you it was nothing that I did. It happened right after a Christmas party, radio station Christmas party in 1966. And my wife at the time, I've been married twice. (laughs) That also happens all the time in radio. Well, I'm on my second. My last one. That's how it works. But uh, my wife at the time got rather inebriated at the party. And she was a Joan Rivers type. And oh, no. <laughs> the manager of the station told the program director, he said, I want no one working for me that's married to a woman like that. Oh, no. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> I know, crazy, but hey, turned out to uh, work out well in my favor. Sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways, even through... Uh... I'm, I'm anxious to ask the Lord about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, you went, you mentioned uh, WKLO, and I know a lot of the backstory because uh, I have uh, got uh, John Quincy's Wacky Remembered. So <laughs> I know a lot of these stories, uh, and that kind of uh, helped me do my research in talking to you this morning. I love that. But, you know, even though you were unceremoniously fired, by WKLO, you got back at them on a couple different occasions, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, statute of limitations are up. We can talk about it now. Sure, yeah, well, yeah. The statute of limitations have run out. And by the way, and I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going with that, Christy. Uh, I was, I was actually a very dangerous thing that I did at the time and very foolish. And I made sure that I never told anyone 
about this trick I pulled on him and for years, probably 10, 11 years. And I think it was, I think I told John Quincy, the guy that has the historical 79 WAKY website. So you're talking about the time when I got to put the wacky jingles on WKLO, right? Yes, that is one of the occasions I, I'm talking okay. about. <laughs> the, I was at Wacky, and of course the thing is, is to really put some damage on WKLO. And it gets a little complicated here, is you got to follow the bouncing ball. The transmitting location or the tower site for WKLO in Louisville is actually New Albany, Indiana. And it was manned, they had an engineer there all the time, but I knew that this engineer spent the whole time on a single line telephone. Single line is very important here, as you'll find out. And so he was always talking to his girlfriend every day, and he never listened to the radio station because it interfered with his talking to the girlfriend. So anyway, this engineer is sitting over there, and the way that you got the audio from the studio to the transmitter was through a telephone line, and I knew where the telephone line was at WKLO, and I granted I'm a wacky now, so I put 90 minutes of wacky jingles on a cassette player and crawled up the fire escape at the radio station, snipped the program line feeding the transmitter in New Albany and put on the wacky jingles. In other words, I disconnected the studio and all you could hear on WKLO were wacky jingles and that went on <laughs> for over an hour and they tried to call the engineer at the transmitter girlfriend. So, and that's, that's really dangerous stuff. I mean, that's jail time, I suppose. But, <laughs> I, but after all this time, so what? <laughs> it makes a good story, though. So this was during a writings period. So everybody was listening to either Wacky or KLO. But if you were tuned to KLO, all you heard was Wacky Jingles for 90 minutes. That's right. And they right. couldn't call the transmitter. He was on the phone with his girlfriend. So the general manager or uh, manager had to run out, drive out to the transmitter and tell him to yank it. Off. Yeah, yeah, that's how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and, of oh. course, uh, there was another time where you bested uh, WKLO. I believe there was a jock by the name of uh, Ken Douglas, was it? Yeah, yeah, English guy, yes. And uh, there was a big interview, and he was having trouble with a tape recorder. Oh, boy, you, did. <laughs> you picked out the good ones. <laughs> that... Uh, the Beatles had, they never appeared in Louisville, but the Beatles had a press conference in Chicago, and it was supposed to be a big deal, and it was, and Ken Douglas was an English disc jockey at WKLO, uh, and I am now at Wacky, and so we both went up, not together, we both flew to Chicago to be at the press conference, and of course the thing back then, and, and you, you know all about this, Chris, you know, the big deal is you want to try and get one of the Beatles to say, hey, I'm John Lennon, and you're listening to Wacky, all that stuff. And, of course, Ken Douglas being English, and he knew the Beatles but before they became big. So he's trying to do the same thing, but Ken did not really know how to operate that cassette recorder. So I said, man, I knew Ken, because I used to work with Ken at WKLO. I said, let me show you here, Ken, how to do it. So I stepped aside a little bit, and I said in the, the uh, recorder, I said, attention, WKLO, this is Johnny Randolph at Wacky. Never send a boy to do a man's job. 
And I set the recorder so that it would not record, but you couldn't tell it. It was on safe mode, so the thing was safe spinning. Safe mode, exactly. But yeah. nothing was recording. Except except me doing that, yeah. <laughs> so you had uh, all the goodies from the Beatles, and that's all they had. That's right, that's right. Now, there was a lot of, uh, would you say friendly rivalry, or was it pretty cutthroat between Wacky and KLO back in those days? From those two stories, it seems like it was extremely competitive. It was very competitive, and that is uh, on on my end. I think that the uh, disc jockeys at both stations used to uh, share a beer now and then and, and whatever, but I never knew about it because I would have not allowed it. it. I know I sound like I'm a terribly mean guy. <laughs> no, you just don't want the trade secrets to get out to the other guy. That is very true. That is very true. So those were those were a couple of things that made every other things. We had a, a news van, and I would park the news van in front of the WKLO studio, the showcase studio at night, <laughs> and it would be there from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And I mean, it was just stuff like that went on and on. But it was fun. So it was a uh, rivalry, but not a very, very bitter one. <laughs> not, I was the only one that was bitter, and I was very bitter because I didn't think I deserved to get fired. No, it had a great on-air sound and uh, one uh, little incident at the Christmas party, which coming up at the Christmas season, let that be a warning to you children. I don't think I'll bring my wife to uh, the Christmas party this year. <laughs> she, she might, uh, no, I'm just teasing. She wouldn't do that to me. I, I hope she would. My ex-wife, I don't know about that. But anyhow, you uh, came on the scene in 1967 at Wacky, spent three years as a jock there before becoming program director. Yes. And um, around that time is when I kind of look at the dream team at Wacky. You had a lineup of all-star jocks that were all top of the field. In 1972, you were program director of the year. Wacky was station of the year. Sometime along those lines, one of the, the uh, disc jockeys, Gary Burbank, which held uh, a, a big role at uh, 700 WLW for many years. Absolutely. Still hear him on the air with uh, some of his syndicated work, uh, Earl Pitts American. Yeah. Which I believe we used to air here at WMST at one time. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your times as program director and leading that all-star cast. Well, uh, thank you for that lead-up. I started out as assistant program director and ended up as uh, program director. And it was actually what they did. They fired my predecessor and announced it uh, to the DJ staff and said that, not again, I've been assistant program director, and said that I was uh, going to be interim program director uh, because we were going to do a nationwide search to find someone. And Gary Burbank stood up and said, what about Randolph? And the manager said, well, Randolph does a good job, but uh, he has never been a full-fledged program director before. And Gary Burbank says, well... I'm going down the street for about 30 minutes and get a beer. Anybody want to come along with me? And when we get back, if Randolph is a PD, we're walking out. Whoa. So I, <laughs> there's me and the general manager sitting in the room. <laughs> It'd be kind of like you and Hayes, your CEO, <laughs> sitting in a room and there's nobody there except the two of you say, gee, now what? <laughs> so they, 
Hey, talk about throwing some major weight around. You had some guys that were top in the market, top in the nation, and they're just walking out. They believed in you. Uh, and uh, one of the things that are, is interesting to point out here, too, not only were you program director at this juncture after that, you also kept an air shift. I did because I always thought that you can't really be a program director. At least I can't. I mean, a lot of people do. I, I, I can't. I, I just had to get the feel of it, even though it was for a mere two hours a day. But always, uh, always did that. And my personal goal was to have everybody on the air be better than I was. Not that I wasn't trying. I mean, you're just... There's a limit to everybody, and I just try and do the best I could, but I wanted guys always better than me. And so, I mean, you know, Burbank is is great, Bill Bailey. Uh, The other thing I wanted to do was to have the bulk of the staff on in a time slot that they could would not sound right in any other time slot. In other words, Bill Bailey did mornings. He would not do well at all, say, working at nights and, Coyote Calhoun was at night. You wouldn't dare put him on in the morning. (laughs) So that was my philosophy. You had a place for everybody and everybody in their place. Now, talk a little bit about that team. Uh, You mentioned uh, Bill Bailey. He was the Duke of Louisville. Right. And I bet he was fun to be around and sometimes a challenge to handle. (laughs) He was. was. uh, Bill was kind of high maintenance. And Bill... Uh, a lot of people give me credit for bringing him to Louisville, and that's really not the case. He was hired at WKLO shortly after I went to WKLO, so I worked with him. I worked nights, he worked mornings, so I didn't see him a whole lot. But when I went to Wacky, the goal was to get Bill Bailey out of Louisville because he was he was the big dog over there at WKLO, and he we we just could not make it dent at Wacky with Bill Bailey. So we got him out. I sent out tapes of him to radio stations all over the country. And finally, one in Chicago hired him. So we got rid of him. And after a six-month uh, contract deal, he could go anywhere he wanted to uh, in Louisville. So at the end of six months, I hired him from Chicago WLS, hired him back to Louisville. And, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of high maintenance, but uh, Bailey was very astute. This will surprise you, Chris. Bailey was very well read with the Bible. He never never talked about religion or anything, but he was very astute, a very good reader, and a very good drinker. And he just he just did his thing, and the rest is kind of history. Right after Bailey, you had uh, another gentleman, and I'm talking about uh, probably putting you in the early part of the 70s in this. Uh, after Bailey, you had Dude Walker. Dude Walker was uh, uh, one of the first people. Actually, the the PD that got fired, I was assistant PD, uh, he hired Dude Walker out of Memphis, who is still alive, still married, but to the same woman just celebrated his 52nd anniversary over the weekend. Uh, but he was the only DJ at Wacky at the time that was married. So, you know, he was in his world and the rest of us were in another world. But uh, Dude Walker was actually responsible for us getting Gary Burbank. He told me about Burbank in Memphis. I contacted Burbank and uh, gave him that name. His name was Johnny Apollo. Well, that's not his real name, but his air name was Johnny Apollo. I thought, well, we had too many Johnnies at this radio station. We've got to change that. And... 
Jude Walker, solid pro, great voice. My gosh, what a voice that guy had. But, uh, yeah, dude's a, dude's a fine guy. And then you had the uh, shift right after Dude Walker, right? Uh, yeah, I sure did. Yeah, Walker used to work evenings, and then uh, he worked uh, 10 to 1 midday, and I worked from 1 to 3, yeah, in and then, Burbank. And then, and then we had Lee Masters, who's the guy that's president of NPR Radio right now, Yarl Moan. No wonder he used the name Lee Masters. And he was an exceptional guy. I mean, well, that kind of goes without saying. I mean, if you hear the guy is... Uh, heading up National Public Radio and used to be a wacky DJ. How strange is that? Now, did he also, uh, did uh, someone else also uh, have success? Uh, who founded the uh, television network? Was that him? or? Yes, that was him. He founded the, he had something to do with MTV, but he had something more to do with ETV, and he sold ETV for $8 million. So he's done very well. Wow. <laughs> and well, he should. He's a smart guy. And you had a lot of other people that filled out uh, the rest of the uh, schedule as far as fill-ins and whatnot. Uh, anybody that uh, just kind of popped out in your mind? Uh, you, we had Mason Lee Dixon. Mason Lee did all night, and uh, Mason Lee is retired. Ashley's in very poor health. He had a, a couple of bad brain strokes this past February. Uh, but Mason was with us for all five, six years, I suppose. Weirbeard, who is deceased, he had uh, either MD or MS, I can't remember which. And so he was with us. And Bailey and Burbank. So I guess that about uh, rounds it out. I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. You had all kinds of people that would do uh, fill in uh, from here and there, and there's some other people that uh, rounded out the uh, schedule uh, in uh, earlier years and maybe later years. But those were the key people during some of what you would call the uh, glory days at Wacky. It was, and then uh, I left in uh, 1978, I believe. It became apparent that we could not sustain that degree of popularity simply because, well, it was AM, and this is not a reflection on AM stations at all, but the FM stations in Louisville were coming on and were really going to give us a run for our money. And the 79 station had a terrible signal at night, just terrible. And so there was no way we were going to be able to keep up that uh, audience in numbers with uh, FMs coming along. So I didn't want to be there when it went down, so I left. And a couple of years later, Wacky went away, not because I left. I mean, it was just when I was describing what was happening to this, the signal in the facility. So it went away. It was gone for, oh, 25 years, I suppose. And then about eight years ago, uh, a man secured the call letters and a frequency and put Wacky back on the air on FM, wanted me to be part of it, and I'd retired. And he said, well, I just, just, just consult it. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll help you out there. And, and then you got rooked into it. I got rooked. <laughs> you know, I... True story, I was, I actually would put Wacky, uh, which is 103.5, now put it on the air in May, uh, eight and a half years ago, and I was on my way to Florida, and I mean, I, I live in, I should have prefaced this by saying I've lived in Danville, I live in Danville right now, I've lived here since 1980, and so my wife and I were going down to Florida, 
stay for, I was retired, you know, we stayed for a couple of months maybe. And so Wacky asked me if I'd come over to uh, Louisville and play the first record on the new Wacky, which would have been the Purple People Eater, which is what started <laughs> the, the whole Very appropriate. Game. Yeah, sure. And I went over there. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We put Wacky FM on the air, and it, the uh, owner wanted to replicate it kind of like the old Wacky was. Uh, you know, a lot of jingles and goofy stuff. And so that's kind of right down my alley. So we put the station on. My wife and I are driving from uh, Louisville to Florida. And I said, you know, those are real nice people at the, this, this station, and I wish them well, but nobody's going to care about a radio station that's been gone for about 25 years. So it, it, it's, it's a no-brainer to me. And I'm on, been down in Florida, on the beach, laying in the sand. First five minutes I've gotten there, phone rings, and it's wacky when we come back and do an air shift. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, I don't think I, I, I've been in country radio for 20 years. I, I don't think I can do it, but I'll give it a try. So I'm still doing it. And the rest is history. You can currently listen to him on the stream or if you're in the Louisville area on 103.5 WAKY. How does it feel to say those call letters again? It's a lot of fun. It really is. And the ironic thing is that I've been a wacky twice, uh, the AM and the FM, but been at WKLO twice. When I left W, when I moved from WKLO over to wacky, the WKLO station eventually went away in Louisville, and I, me and another guy built and owned WKLO in Danville here and had it for about 14 years until we sold it, uh, I think it was in the mid-90s. So I was the WKLO twice and Wacky twice, different facilities and everything. It's all come full circle. Thank you so much for joining us. I've enjoyed it. It's all went way too quick. And if you ever get hard up for a guest disc jockey, I would be happy to drive down there and volunteer. (laughs) By golly, be careful what you wish for, Chris. (laughs) Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Johnny Randolph of WAKY the second time around. Thank you so much. Thank you. In another local news, you'd know his voice anywhere. Johnny Randolph with Wacky Radio. He was a Louisville leader in the radio field. Randolph passed away yesterday. Kristen Goodwillie shares his love for everything radio and his listeners' love for him. John loved radio. He loved music. And he loved thinking of the next big thing to do in radio. He's very good. Oh, what a day In the 60s and 70s, the frequency was either tuned to WKLO or Wacky, both stations Johnny Randolph worked for. When John first came to Louisville, he worked for WKLO Radio. And that's where I first had it. I worked with him when he was doing evening and I was doing news. But that wasn't the last time they'd worked together. WHAS 11 meteorologist Reed Yaden was news director at Wacky, while Johnny was the program director. You could always tell a radio station that John had anything to do with because there were a few technical things that John would do that would make the radio station sound like no other. It involved the modulation levels and the different ways of achieving it. The engineers didn't like it all the time, but that never stopped John. Often getting the jump on new releases, known for 
for his sharp ear. Most of all, I think about his knowledge of music and what was going to be a hit record. John had a very good ear for picking the hit. Rising as a powerhouse and mentoring many well-known DJs. John was an innovator. Johnny Randolph died on Thursday, according to Wacky's general manager. He had come back to work at the station again. I think he lived and breathed radio 24 hours a day. And, and it's great that everything became full circle for John. It is Leaving behind his Louisville legacy, his voice and zany personality streaming into homes across the country. He loved radio right up till the very, very, very end. John, John was radio. Kristen Goodwillie, WHAS 11 News. right there called you baby this week's a Saturday 19 radio wklo johnny randall showtime is 7 27 27 minutes past seven o'clock at eight o'clock tonight some good grooves on voice your choice that's johnny randall with you on the radio wklo on a brand new hit sound of the yard bird listen here this is kentuckiana's most popular radio station radio wklo am and fm louisville happen and that's why more people listen this is the johnny randolph show really? and i'm patricia compton from kathy spalding college okay. all right right now 237 dollars 70 and you're ready to be cash call jackpot hello tomorrow between nine and five and pick up yourself a hit record album Jerry town great time right there on go go radio flashing back just for fun on radio one so fine Louisville at 63 degrees. Right on the Johnny R. Show. That's called Welcome My Cat Named Dog, Don't You Know. WKLO. Ready on WKLO. Johnny Rando Showtime is 746. Going to get together and discuss the weather in a minute. Land to be ringside. 63 Louisville degrees right now. One of the top 10 next. This is WKLO. Marion, uh, Mike, also to Kathy and Kenny, all the seniors of Shawnee. Also, uh, Shawnee had quite a pep rally this morning, and uh, I was over there, and they were cheering up a storm. You could almost hear them, oh, I don't know, down in the studio, I guess. There's a former pick of the week at Radio WKLO. This week, the sound of two for you by Herman Service called Listen People. Slightly cloudy with pleasant temperatures right now at 60 Radio WKLO degrees. Right here, so we can't give away about four or forty-five hit records. Who are we talking to? Joanne, where you go to school? Seven Junior. All right, Joanne, out of uh, ten records, one through ten, what number do you think we're playing next? Number one. All right. Waterpool, hit line one. Well, I hope wow. you guys enjoyed that one. That was yeah. Oh, I love those Pam's jingles. I can't help but <laughs> yeah, I just love those. That was good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in the radio. That, was, that was an interesting. Imagine getting fired because your wife is weird. Okay. <laughs> well, no, don't be, don't kid yourself. It happens more than you think, Chris. Believe me. Chris, Mike, Mike, stories. Go, go, what, what, go ahead, Mike. Did you want you had your hand raised? Go ahead, Mike. Oh, that was excellent. I love that. It brought back a lot of great memories. Even though I never heard him, but it it brought back a lot of good spirits for me personally. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. And thank you, Bill. When, when was the official changing of Louisville to Louisville? 
when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like the old joke. How do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Louisville or Louisville? Well, it's Frankfurt. <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> Man, I like hearing the stories of the, the pulling the prank on the other stations. I mean, I was, oh, I was, I was that's that. great. That was great. And, and yeah. Joe Elliott used to tell when he had a Saturday night show before he took over from Milton Metz, he used to tell a lot of WAKY stories and a lot of Johnny Randolph uh, stories and antics on, on, on Saturday. Marty, did you have your hand raised? I, I thought I saw your hand I, raised. He did. Go ahead, Marty. I, I did, as a matter of fact. I'm really glad I got to hear Johnny Randolph. I, not on his first installment at Wacky, but I got to hear him all in the last five years at, 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 at the second installment of Wacky. And you know, you could tell his voice, you know, was kind of going a little bit, but man, he still knew what to do, and, and uh, it was really great. And they have um, on the weekends, they have a way back weekend where they play, you know, more 50s and 60s oldies, which they don't play during the week. And they will actually play snippets of the old DJs like Dude Walker and Gary Bill, uh, Burbank and Bill Bailey. It's, it's really cool to get a chance to listen to it, at least. The last time I heard them, they were doing. I'm not sure if they still are or not. But and you know, and you know what, Marty? I actually have, and I have to do some editing on it, but because it's it's totally unscoped. But I actually have a Johnny Apollo air check, who, as you remember, he's that was really Gary Burbank. But I believe he was was working in Miss in Mississippi or something like that. And I have an air check of that in my air check collection. My hard drive is getting loaded with air checks. Uh, so very good. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for that one. So uh, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll make this real quick. Uh, I had a chance to meet Lee Masters when he worked at uh, Wife here in Indianapolis, and uh, he actually gave me a tour of the station, and uh, and that was really funny. What a what a nice guy! He was talking about what a nice guy he was. He's exactly right. Uh, the other thing he said that is so true is you you have to be fired at least once in radio <laughs> because oh, it's a badge him. of honor. Oh yeah, you, you know we all get fired once at least. So, you know, yeah, you, I was going to say about Lee Bass. Let's just, let's just hope, though, Bernie, that you didn't get fired for the reason that he did. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, know Lee Masters also worked. I'm sorry. Lee Masters also worked at WNBC in New York when they changed format, got rid of everyone, Imus, the whole the whole crew, and he worked at WNBC and he worked with uh, Bob Pittman, and they were the ones that put MTV on the on the map. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And. You know, I think a lot of people came through wacky in the over the day because he mentioned the weird, weird beer, you know, going on the KLIF. Because at one time, of course, didn't Gordon wasn't that a McLennan station? Yes, it was. Uh, I think he had something to do with programming it. Well, in the 50s. yeah, and I think because Ricky Ware, who was uh, 55 years in San Antonio, talked about going up to wacky for a little while and in the 50s, and so I mean, a lot of folks came through. This. Where where was Glenn Beck? We had a Glenn Beck air check one time. Where was he at KLO? No, he worked at a station. I'm trying to remember the call letters. They were at 1039 in Louisville, and they tried to be rocked for a little bit. But that's where we got Glenn back from. He was not. He also okay. worked at he also worked at KRBE in Houston. He did mornings. Oh, and he had a character named Clyde Clyde. He kind of talked a little like this. Yeah, <laughs> he was the guy, guy that Barsky replaced. Yeah, and he, um, I'm thinking this is like the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm thinking, why is this guy doing a character? You know, like, why is he doing a, you know, a character? People haven't done wow. that in 30 years. So Mike, you wanted to say well, something? We've we got to move on, Mike. You want to say something? Yeah, very quick. What's WKLO doing now? Are they talk, I think? 
They are owned by iHeartRadio and our brokered talk. A little bit of yes, this. Yes, and actually, the, isn't if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where ACB of or, or, uh, Kentucky Council of the Blind gets some airtime on there, and they do stuff on there. Well, they I think used that's to. The, they gave it up three or four years ago or five. Did they? Okay, because they used to and do stuff seven, over there. And then 790, yeah. of course, is also iHeart, and that's their sports station. That's right. That's a sports station now. But Card, I, Cards I, Radio. Right. I think KLO's yep. FM became WBJX. They and you can still get them. They're, um, yeah, yeah. They're they're still they're still going strong. And I do remember that Ken Douglas and I can imagine that guy being unmerciful to that guy on the recorder. <laughs> but you're not going to hear stuff like that too much anymore. But, oh, that that was fun. That was a funny story. Yeah. And so I. Uh, you know, in, in Indianapolis, a lot of the DJs from other stations, we all get together. We we don't have any kind of uh, concerns about that. You know, I rem- I'll never forget this. And one of the things, I did some volunteer work back in the 60s, answering the phones for the cerebral palsy telephone and my telethon, and my sister was writing down what the, what I would save, you know, so I, cause I could, I, there was no computers back then. And... Um, they, they did something unusual. They had the announcers at WABC and WMCA on at the same time. Yes, there was competition, but when it came to doing charity work, the competition ended. Oh, um, yeah. And they all worked together, and I, I'll never forget that. Well, one time at a record hop, I met Larry Justice, and I was talking to him. You know, it was a, a Branchy High uh, hop, and, you know, he was getting over, and he was. You know, I was just talking to him. He was playing his last couple of records, and I said, you know, well, I mean, I, I'm a, I really listen to BZ more than MEX, but I like MEX too. He says, hey, I'm going to listen to Dick Summer on the way home too. There's no problem. You know, whatever. So, uh, that, you know, the DJs respect each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, but and, there and, are some cities where, where it's uh, pretty hostile. Cut through, yeah. But let me tell you something. I bet the, and Bill, Bar- Bill Brown was the one, he was my mentor. He was the guy that defended me. He had no problem with my blindings. He said, Jeff, I, I know I'm good. I don't have to tell everyone I'm good. And, and you don't have to be, and I can't use the word, to be to be in radio, you you can be a nice guy, and he was as nice as could be to me. Uh, and I know I was a bit of a pain in the you know what when I first met him, but he was the nicest guy I ever met. But Bill, I think it's time for WKNR. I, I think I, yeah, we're going to do follow that. We we're really just backing him up this week, Marty. You might <laughs> we're running to, late today, but that's okay, Tim. Marty, you'll you get on the air to, eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, knowing Tim, he probably enjoys this as and we much. Can't, as we can't blame it on Jennifer this week. No, no. <laughs> right. And no virus. And speaking of Gary Stevens, remember the Gary Stevens that worked here? So here we go. This week, we're traveling to Detroit, Michigan, and we're going to hear one of my favorite radio announcers. When I first got to hear this radio announcer, he had left this radio station and moved to New York City, working at radio station WMCA. However, before he worked at WMCA, Gary Stevens worked in St. Louis, Missouri, at radio station WILAM, and later on in Detroit, Michigan, at radio station WKNR. This week, we're going to hear Gary Stevens working at WKNR AM in 1964. I don't have an exact date on this one. So without further ado, let's bring that virtual time machine back to 1964. And let's listen to Gary Stevens on WKNR AM on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Now let's pause while we change the scene. I got the message, now I chew dentine. Hey there, Frankie, your breath is so clean. Now he's the greatest lover that the world has ever seen. Thank you, buddy, for the tip on dentine. Sure, it cleans your breath when you haven't got a brush, dentine. Dentine? Dentine. Now fabulous Frankie, he's a living dream. And in the close-ups. Oh, Frankie. 
Nice a dentine. Dentine? Dentine. Cleans my breath when I haven't got a brush. Frankie. Yes, dear. Shut up. Come on, everybody. Come on in. Come on, everybody. We're going to show you how to do that new dance called the Shut Up. Now, wait a minute. That ain't right. That's through the swim. Bobby Freeman. Swim as Bobby Freeman, number 21 this week on Keener. Ten minutes after sex on the Gary Stevens Show. Keener, one, three, weather tower. Very cool tonight. The low's going to be 60. Tomorrow's sunny, a little warmer, the high 80. WK and our temperature in Detroit right now on the Gary Stevens Show, 82. Dearborn Federal Savings has just opened a new branch office in Dearborn Heights on West Warren, just east of Ingster Road. Visit this new office now during the grand opening. There's a gift waiting for you if you open an insured savings account, including a beautiful Schaefer pen and pencil set for accounts of $25 or more. Savings at Dearborn Federal are insured and earn 4% current rate, compounded and paid quarterly. Come in today and open your account at Dearborn Federal's new office on West Warren, just east of Ingster Road. Good. Next time I go to rob one, I think it'll be that. Oh, that's the forget it. Forget it, boys. It's 11 minutes past 6 o'clock now on WKNR. Now, on Keener, from the WKNR Music Guide this week, here's the song that's rated number one this week. The Supreme. Where did I love go? The Supremes. It's a new number one song this week on WKNR. Let's make it a double play on the Gary Stevens show. Here's Jimmy Clinton. Five after six now on Keener. Mind repeating that for the West Coast, please. Get him! Get him, Willie Burger! The biggest mice around this place you have ever seen. If you ever leave me, Billy J. Kramer. I'll be set in blue. Number 12 is free. Don't you ever leave me. It's bad for I'm me. So in love with you. They'll be glad you're not bad to me. It's number 12 this week on WKNR. Let's find out who's on the phone right now to play Keener Baseball. This is Carol Smith. Carol, how are you? Fine. Carol, uh, where do you live? Um, 1750 Woodside. And that's in Trenton, right? Uh-huh. Okay, where do you go to school? Okay, you know how this goes now? You know how the uh, baseball game works? Yeah. Okay, up to bat right now is Bobby Green. What do you think he's going to do? A uh, single. Well, if he gets a single, Carol, you're going to get a dollar from Keener, okay? Okay. Here we go, and good luck to you. Batter digs in, pitcher gets his sign, delivers a fastball. There's a long drive. Right, I'll tell you what though, we're gonna send you a Keener ballpoint pen. I got news for you. That's worth more than a dollar anyway. Okay? <laughs> Thanks for playing, Carol. Hey. What? Is that Nancy Wilson record a single or an album? That's a single, dear. Okay. Okay? okay. Alright. <laughs> Who do you work for? Capital Records? No, my dad. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Bye. East, west, around the town, 
Professor Stanley Baker, Jack Hawkins, and Eula Jacobson star in Zulu at the Grand Circus Theater. The Bedtime Story with Marlon Brando, Shirley Joseph, David Niven, premiering at Neighborhood and Drive-In Theater. Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream being presented tonight at 8.30 by the University of Detroit Repertory Theater. Pay one price and you ride on the 30 rides as often as you like at Edgewater Park and West 7 Mile near Telegraph. The Stanley Quartet from the University of Michigan appearing in the Engineering Society of Detroit Auditorium tonight at 8.15. Just feel free to call us and we'll answer them for you right out of here at 6.30 on the Gary Stevens Show. WKNR AM FM Dearborn. Offices in the Sheridan Cadillac, Detroit. Tonight, the low 60. Tomorrow's sunny, a little warmer, the high 80. WKNR temperature in Detroit right now on the Gary Stephen Show is 82. And I like it like that. It's number 11 this week. The Miracles. I like it like that. Those are the Miracles. This week, it's number 11 on Keener. Gene Morales busts his quota. That must hurt. Now, Gene Morales can pass on even greater savings to you. Hurry, save more than a week's pay. How'd you like to have your quota busted? It is. Would you like to sign my cash? Ah, ta, ta, fellas. Listen, now's the time to save more than a week's pay. There ain't Gene Morales Chevrolet's big summer closeout spree. Hurry, get the model and color you want. Gene Morales Chevrolet, Westport Road in Garden City. Summer fun time on WKNR is not 27 and a half minutes until 7 o'clock. I gotta say it. You know, you're gonna probably hate me for this and everything else. I mean, I was putting the... I, I, well, the Rolling Stones, you know, I think the Rolling Stones stink, man. They are just awful. Oh, they got a new record. It isn't too bad. But this, this record here gets me. I just do not like it. Peter and Gordon and Nobody I Know. Nobody it's I number 10 this week. Peter and Garden, it's number 10 this week on Keener. 25 minutes till 7 o'clock on the crazy mixed up Gary Stevens show. How are you? Let's check the sports. Good afternoon, good sports. Here we are. How do you like that for an intro, huh? Good afternoon, good sports. This is Fred Fink with the sports reports. The Detroit Tigers open a four-game series with the Boston Red Sox and Tiger Stadium tonight. Dave Wickersham is scheduled to start on the mound for Detroit. A Scrambles motorcycle program is scheduled Sunday at the Meta Cayuse Motor... What? I never heard of such a thing. Motorcycle Club, course south of Brighton. Riders are expected from Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Hamtramck. All right? Powerful Schwartz and the matzo balls. They're big hits. I want to love him so bad. the jelly beans, really, and that's number nine this week on WKNI. 21 minutes till 7 o'clock on the Gary Stevens Show. Here was Edgewater Park. And here's some of the things you told us that you like most about Edgewater Park. Oh, it's really tremendous. It's really great. So much.
much noise. Listen to the youth group at church. How do you like that? Is planning an outing? Have your sponsor go. Kenwood one two six six over. Special group rates of twenty five persons or more. Edgewater Park is open today and every day at one thirty p.m. You pay one price and you ride all the thirty rides as often as you like. Get in on the Keener fun at Edgewater Park, West Seven Mile Road. They're telling that Monday night is ladies' night. Ladies admitted for just seventy five cents, and very few ladies will admit it for seventy five cents. Believe me, Wednesday is bargain day. Wait a minute, admission just one dollar per person. You can park free with any Keener music guy. Till seven, let's check the weather. Below 60 tomorrow, sunny, a little warmer, the high around 80. WKNR temperature in Detroit right now in the Gary Stephen Show is 82. The Beatles have number eight this week. It's been a You're telling me, those are the Beatles, and that one is number eight on Keener. Now, here's another name in the WKNR Million Top Value Stamp Giveaway. The name this hour is worth 1,700 Top Value Stamps. Okay, here we go for 1,700 Top Value Stamps. The name is Lawrence Donaldson. Lawrence Donaldson, if you're listening, you have 13 minutes from right now to call Keener, contest central, and win. The number to call is 963-9130. I'm into something pretty good. Here's number seven this week. Is it kind of down on Keener here on the Gary Stevens Show? Tells me I'm into something pretty good. Number seven this week on Keener's. We count them down on the Gary Stevens Show. Stand by for the news with King Farouk next on the Gary Stevens Show. WK in our time. It's now 645. Keener, do you hear something? Keener's temperature is 82. says it'll be Ford's biggest yet, and Ford says Ford is for Romney. This story makes Keener contact news. For WKNR, Keener 13. This is Lou Morton reporting. WKNR. Let's go! I believe you flipped your lid. That's what I believe. These are the drifters under the boardwalk. Thanks a lot there, King Farouk. You open the sun down and burns the tar under the those are the drifters. That's number six on Keener. It's six and a half minutes till seven o'clock on the Gary Stevens Show. We've been getting lots of questions about Dan and Yogurt. Try it today. Thank you very much there. Shut up. We have five minutes till seven on Keener. WKNR Swing. Right, would you like something? No, you cannot have any more yogurts. You made a complete pig of yourself today. Stop that. It's very disgusting, and I wish you'd brush your teeth. Well, there you go. An air check of Gary Stevens from 1964 on WKNR AM from Detroit, Michigan. And what you heard on WKNR AM is what I heard on WMCA AM when Gary Stevens moved to that radio station back in 1965. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the show, why don't let me know about it by email. My email address here is Jeff. <coughs> that's J-E-F-F, Jeff at allthingsradio.net. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. There you go, Jeff. 
Well, I'm going to give you a date for that air check, and that we I got lucky on this one. I love you know, this is my puzzle. This is my weekly puzzle to get you an air a date or come close to it. I know it's in I June. Think I think or was it June or July? I now? think it was July 9th because I'm pretty sure that coming off the All Star break, because the All Star game was July 7th in 1964, that the Red Sox went to Detroit and played a four game series, and they happened to say it was the Red Sox. So I think it was July 9th. All the music lines up with it too. You know, number one was uh, Where Did Our Love Go? And all and Hard Day's Night was up there. And, so you're yeah. saying if the, if the All-Star game was July 7th, there would have been a break between July 7th and there wouldn't be any baseball on July 8th. And they'd be right, right. Into it the was Thursday night, 9th. Thursday, July 9th, and they started there that Thursday night. I just remember them coming out of the All-Star break that year into Detroit. So in the four-game series, Thursday through Sunday. So I'm pretty sure that's it. You know, I can't doubt you, Chris. I mean, if you if you think that's right, and you, you, you do make logical sense here. So I'm not going to say you're wrong. I think you are actually right. So thank you very much for giving me that And that one July 7th, you might remember, Jeff, I know you're not a sports fan, but that was at Chase Stadium. The first year Chase Stadium was open and the National League beat the American League. So I do remember that, because I, I, I went to Chase Stadium uh, the year after when the New York Institute for the Blind had a, used to take us to the ball game every year, and we got to meet, I think I got to meet uh, Duke Snyder, maybe. I don't know if it was Duke Snyder, cool. but, I got, cool. but, I, but I remember we got to meet someone. You know, I'm not into sports, but don't even say, Bill, don't even say it, because my, <laughs> my, my, my brother-in-law says, you're not really into sports, but you are a closet, closet sports fan. So well, You are. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. And, Jeff, we've got this next one that you uh, put together. I've done a feature on him way back when we did the George Jones tribute. And this guy's been in Nashville for 25 years. Actually, it was Famous in Washington before he... Right, he worked at WAMU doing the bluegrass show there as well. He was a fiddle player in the um, Kitty Wells band, Kitty Wells and Johnny Wright. And I listened to his last show last night and no fanfare. He did have on the Redolin and, and talked to her a little bit and she was getting a little confused, but she was doing okay, but Dolly Parton talked to him and and on Connie Smith and Marty Stewart and all of that good stuff. So what what you're about to hear is what, with Eddie Stubbs leaving WSM, um, that's a, he's taken a boatload of knowledge. And uh, has anybody else heard Eddie Stubbs? I think you and I are the only ones. I've, I, I, mean, I have heard him a couple of times. I've heard him in the past, but not recently. But I have heard him in the past. Yeah, not yeah. last few years, but he's. He I know he knows a lot. I, mean, he, I know he knows a lot of me about his music. Yeah, he's he, like he basically kept he kept WSM even somewhat relevant in as an AM station over you know, the last few years, and he he was there when they were gonna go sports, and Charlie Daniels and the whole group caused a revolt on uh, New Year's Day, and they had to change the format back to what they were. Well, that could happen now because. What are you going to do with WSMAM? That, that stuff could probably... Yeah, now I think, I think maybe probably. the only thing that's helping them out is the fact that their morning show is on Circle TV, which is on a digital channel that a lot of TV stations carry. So, well, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody on the panel. This, uh, Marty, you may have to rethink your one of your good... We've had it back to back to back to back tonight. Thank everybody on the panel. And we're going to play this one. You recorded last week, Jeff. And thank you. Yeah, right after All Things Radio Live, I, I, I said, well, i got to get this because I didn't know if I was being going to be around on Wednesday, and I wanted to make sure I had something. So I'm just glad we, we went through smoothly tonight. 
Well, almost anyway, so far. So here we go with the Eddie Stubb, Eddie Stubb's remembrance. And uh, there's a lot more to him. Go to WSM uh, online and you can hear a lot more. This week, we're traveling to Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to listen to radio station WSMAM. The radio announcer we're going to listen to announced his retirement last week. His name is Eddie Stubbs. He came to WSM 25 years ago after working at radio station WAMU doing their bluegrass show. However, how do you pay tribute to a man who has done so much for country music at radio station WSM? When I made this recording, it was the best of Eddie Stubbs doing the Grand Old Opry Classics on October 17th, 2019. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy Eddie Stubbs and his best hosting the Grand Old Opry Classics on WSM AM on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Let's hear it, ladies and gentlemen, for our Opry Country Classics band. One called Cherokee. That was Eli Bishop on the fiddle. We got Mr. Randy Hart tonight playing the piano for us. On the back line there with the flat top guitar, Mr. Mike Noble. Seated behind the drum kit, a member of the Musicians Hall of Fame. That's Mr. Eddie Bears. Next in line with the electric bass is Mr. Larry Paxson. In the middle back there with the Dan Electro bass guitar. That's Doug Greaves playing that tonight for us, among other guitars. And on the end down there, remember the Musicians Hall of Fame, Mr. Jimmy Caps with the other guitar. And down front, a member of the Steel Guitar Hall of Fame. That's Mr. Tommy White on the pedal steel guitar. Give them all a nice round of applause. They're doing a great job. And make everybody on this stage sounds so good tonight. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, today is the 17th of October. Each week this time during Opry Country Classics, we'd like to take a look back at the date in country music history. And it was on this date, 66 years ago, that Carl Butler made his grand old Opry debut. He was a stalwart in the Knoxville, Tennessee market for a long, long time before coming to Nashville, and he would eventually become a member of the Opry in his own right in the year of 1961. 1955, Jerry Reed held his first recording sessions for Capitol Records just a few blocks from here at the Castle Studios inside the Tulane Hotel on the corner of 8th and Church Street, which is a parking lot today. Grand Ole Opry Star celebrates his 61st birthday today. And on October the 17th, back in 1967, 52 years ago, Bob, uh, Bob Dylan began recording his John Wesley Harding album here in Nashville at Columbia Studios on Music Road. Dolly Parton recorded her classic, Why'd You Come In Here Looking Like That, on this date in 1988, with fellow Opry star Ricky Skaggs helping to produce that track. Tennessee Ernie Ford passed away on this date 29 years ago, and bashful brother Oswald, who for many years was part of Roy Acuff's group of Smoky Mountain Boys, playing the dobro, the banjo, and that full volume open throat tenor harmony in a great comedy tune. He died on this date in 2002. Finally, Little Big Town joined the cast of the Grand Ole Opry on this night five years ago. And you can't get any more current in uh, what will go down in the annals of country music history. Something that happened earlier today, we're very sorry to report of the passing of Bob Kingsley. Bob Kingsley had American Country Countdown for decades that probably many of you heard in your home markets on FM Country Radio. He had a 60-year career in broadcasting and won all the major awards. Remember the Country Radio Hall of Fame and also a member of the National Radio Hall of Fame. He won scores 
scores of awards for his work, and he was a, a legend in the business and had just one of the best voices ever. And he died today at his home in Weatherford, Texas, at the age of 80. And our condolences to his uh, wife and his family for mispassing from bladder cancer. From the historic Ryman Auditorium in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, this is Opry Country Classics presented by Humana, being heard on the legend, 650 AM WSM Nashville, worldwide at WSMOnline.com and Opry.com, and also by way of the free WSM and Opry mobile apps. Back to more music now. Would you please make welcome once again, Larry, Steve, and Rudy, the Gatlin Brothers. You are going to sing another song, aren't you? You got it, Barrett Speed. That little game that we play, is that here? That's in a minute. That's after this? That's after this. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit after this, okay? Okay, we're going to have a little visit. But, but yeah. you go ahead and do your well, song. I, right? I, I got a little mixed up as to which one was which. Like I say. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Gatlin brothers, Larry, Steve, and Rudy, as they're getting plugged in here, Larry's... Well, now, Eddie, I have a good excuse. Remember, we used to do it the other way. Remember, I'd sing one song, I'd sing one song, and then I'd come up with there. Yeah, we did it that way about five years ago, and I remembered. Harry, <laughs> right, Steve, and Rudy, the Gatlin brothers, ladies and gentlemen. Beautiful harmony right there. Thank you, fellas. Thank very much. Okay. Well, friends, take a moment and reflect. Do you remember the first time that you heard the Grand Ole Opry on the radio? Chances are probably pretty good you were sitting with your parents or grandparents listening into the show on a Saturday night on 6.50 a.m. WSM as our skywave signal beamed into 38 states and parts of Canada, just as it still does to this day. And we're sure that brings back a lot of memories. Well, you can still listen to the Opry every Friday and Saturday night, as well as the seasonal Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night shows as well on WSM, as well as Opry.com, WSMOnline.com. And you know, generations have enjoyed and certainly continue to enjoy the traditions of the Grand Ole Opry, and Humana is very proud to be a part of keeping that tradition alive and well. Humana's been a part of the health industry for over 50 years now, and today Humana's tradition continues as they serve 11 million Americans nationwide with a variety of plans, including Medicare, dental, and vision and life. Humana is committed to working, changing, and improving the way that healthcare works, and more importantly, the way that it works for you. So to find out more about Humana, visit Humana.com. And Humana is very proud to be the presenting sponsor of the Grand Ole Opry, as well as Opry Country Classics, and they sincerely hope that you'll enjoy tonight's show. I'd like to remind you that we'll have two more editions of Opry Country Classics the next two Thursday nights. Uh, next Thursday, which will be the 24th of October, and then we'll have a Halloween night uh, edition on October the 31st as we wrap up this fall season and we'll be back in the spring for several months so stay in touch with us by way of Opry.com and all the schedules there that, are, that pertain to each and every Opry show. Larry Gatlin, would you come up forward up here to the podium if you would? You made mention of something there uh, just a few moments ago before you and your brother sang. And on behalf of all of us connected with Opry Country Classics and the Grand Ole Opry, we want to extend a heartfelt congratulations to you for being inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. This is... 
For those for those that don't know about this honor, this is a, as good as it gets for a Nashville songwriter. This organization has been around for decades now, and they're about three decades over, and in my opinion, for uh, having you in there, but I'm glad that you made it. And you know, if you take the time to research what this man has done, if you go back and look at the catalog of just the chart hit records alone, by Larry Gatlin on his own, as well as the records he's had with his brother, Stephen Rudy, every single song that hit the country charts by either Larry Gatlin as a solo artist or the Gatlin brothers was authored by this man standing right here, Larry Gatlin. And that doesn't take into account all the wonderful album cuts as well as the B-sides of the hit singles. There's enormous depth to your talent as a writer and a performer, a musician and a singer, and certainly as a host and entertaining personality of this. We just love you and commend you and just so happy and proud for you on this extreme honor. And that happened earlier this week, didn't it? It was Monday night, yes. And uh, Eddie, thank you very much. I am, uh, you know, I act silly and cut up a little bit, and that's fun. You know, there's a serious world going on outside. I, I understand that. So to have a little fun in here, but uh, it, it was a wonderful evening and uh, with uh, with Costas and, uh, in, inducted and Dwight Yoakam, Marcus Humman. Uh, Sharon Vaughn? Sharon Vaughn! I'm ha Sharon, if you're out there in Radio Land, I'm kneeling down asking for your forgiveness. <laughs> well, see, sometimes that ginkgo biloba doesn't kick in until about 9.30. <laughs> Wonderful. She gave a marvelous speech, and Rivers Rutherford, it, it really was, at my son, Josh, who lives in Dubai. That's, that's the other side of Murfreesboro. I ain't kidding. <laughs> he, he surprised me and, and came in, and, and it was wonderful. Some old friends, Vince, what's his name, Vince? Yeah, Gil, yeah. <laughs> See, don't feel so bad, Sharon. I didn't remember Vince Gill. Uh, I, I, but he inducted me, and the Oak Ridge Boys sang, and Vince sang. I've done it. It was a wonderful deal. Uh, I'm grateful to God. You know, the good book, I'm a Christian. I don't know whether they're good ones or bad ones. The good book, good book says, God forbid that I glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. The, uh, the spiritual man in me says, amen. The carnal man in me says, holy cow, I finally made it. All right. <laughs> Nice hand for my sidekick, Eddie Stubbs. Thank you for those kind words. Oh, Lord. You know, I wish I could play more of that. I wish I could play the whole show on All Things Radio Live, but we just can't do that. But yes, what a great show that was. I got to listen to it. Really sounded great. And it shows just what a classy guy Eddie Stubbs is. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, want to let me know about it by email or voicemail. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things 